0: so good evening good to be with you again. We'll just ask for questions this evening Any question? How is it that, uh, your question is, Radha and Krishna combined constitute a dynamic union as opposed to a static union? Mm -hmm. I think that uh, the basic idea there is that some schools of Vedanta, monistic schools rather than theistic schools, Advocate a union between the jiva and Brahman, between Atma and Paramatma, mm-hmm. and they do that for the f- because the idea in such schools is that the individuality of the jiva is an illusion. If you were to take An earthen pot and put air in it. When you break the pot, the air merges in the pot, merges with the totality of the air. And its individuality is only a product of the clay pot, the covering, which is different from the air. So sometimes this example is used to illustrate their point. The jiva has individuality, but in their school of thought, the jiva's individuality is entirely based on its upadi or covering designation, the earthen pot. That in this case would be the body, the physical and the psychic dimensions of our present experience. Hmm. So that identity or ego, Hmm. ahankar, ahankar means I-maker. An I is made, a sense of I is made or formed on the basis of, like I've often said, our sense of my, which constitutes our attachments. We're attached to certain things, And this attachment to various things and people uh, form an identity. Mm. I'm, you know, a Californian. Mm. I'm a member of this family. Uh, uh, I'm a member of this particular park. Political party rather than that, when these are my my likes my 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 mys it's my party, my country, my family, so an identity arises out of that sense of my, and of course, all these mys are false they're not ours they're at least in a sense that they can't they won't endure in an enduring sense we can't be a Californian or a member of a particular family that uh, will all pass away. So the identity based on such is a fleeting sense of identity and false in that sense, not, not enduring. And so some schools schools of thought, the monistic schools of Vedanta, of Advaita Vedanta for example, they conclude, rightfully so, that there is an identity, an individuality that arises from material identification. And then they think if we could uh, sever ourselves from such material identification, the clay pot of that material identification upon breaking would find us no longer as an individual but like the air in the pot we would have a union with all the air we would be in union with all the air or upon overcoming seeing through the falsity of the I the ego that arises from material identification we would find ourselves to be one with the all-pervading, underlying consciousness that the material forms and shapes, countries, people, and so forth, arise out of, like a great ocean, out of which at times islands arise, hmm, only to be, again, submerged, and so forth. So these are appearances, hmm, the forms, countries, worlds, families, and so on and so forth. So, that great sea, underlying ground of being, in a way of putting it, consciousness, Brahman, their idea is that enlightenment constitutes a union with Brahman, wherein the individual sense of identity is, is done away with, and there is a identification with with the ground of being hmm? so this is a kind of union that's often posited as the uh, as to what constitutes enlightenment, but from the school of theistic Vedanta or devotional Vedanta there are some problems with this idea. And before speaking about those, suffice to say that such a union from the theistic Vedanta point of view if, would be a comparatively a static union rather than a dynamic union. It would be a static union because in the union between Atma and Paramatma. Only the Paramatma or only Brahman exists. There's only one. There's no individuality there. There's a union by way of doing away with individuality rather than a union that might result from a unified sense of purpose on the part of a number of individuals. Uh, To put it in a musical context, that kind of union would be like one note. Mm -hmm. There are many notes playing let us say, and all these notes that constitute differentiation and variety are a product of our sense of I and mine, which is false. So there's many notes playing, but they're not in harmony with one another. And that gives a headache. Many notes playing off different keys, different notes, at the same time, not harmoniously. This is not pleasing to the ear and to the mind. So material life and the individuality that arises from material identification, that I, it's a product of our sense of my, it's it's kind of producing this kind of noise, if you will. It's hardly music, it's noise. So it's disturbing to the mind, it's not... It's not uh, soothing. Doesn't give peace, happiness, joy. So, if, in the name of doing away with this diversity, this difference, that's that's problematic, that's not peaceful, not comforting, not soothing, not pleasing to the ear and mind, we. all agree to just play one note. Everybody plays just one note. And so the individuality and the diversity that was a problem was done away with. We have a unity, right? But theistic Vedanta, devotional Vedanta would call that a static um, union. Comparatively, then, what is a dynamic union? The dynamic union, in this analogy, musical analogy, would constitute the same number of individuals maintaining their individuality and playing different notes, but all in concert, nonetheless, with one another. In concert with one another means harmoniously, so it's one thing to sing one note. It's another thing to sing many notes harmoniously. So the harmony would be a dynamic union compared to a static union. The static union is, is accomplished by doing away with diversity. The dynamic union is arrived at by, by accommodating diversity. Hmm? that's more complex. Do you understand? Hmm? And potentially, arguably, more rewarding, more beautiful, because we do say that variety is the spice of life. So can there be variety? Can there be differentiation? Without compromising unity, in our own experience, yes, there can be. Hmm? As I said, we could have different instruments playing, but all playing harmoniously how would that compare to just one instrument playing one in fact it it's questionable whether you would even call the one instrument playing a harmony you might call it a, a unity but it, a unity is it seems to Conjure up thoughts of of many uh, becoming one, but not at the cost of the many. Hmm? If we do away with the many in the name of unity, uh, it's questionable, in some sense, how, what kind of a unity that is. You're down to one. So there's no meaning of a unity of one. Hmm? Uh, you could have a unified one <laughs> as it but what's it unified with, and so forth. so, so there 's a static sense of unity, and there 's a dynamic sense of unity. Now, before speaking about that in the context of well in the, con- I should, in the context of Radha and Krishna being a dynamic unity, we, we have Radha, in this sense, exemplifying the perfection of devotion. And Krishna exemplifying the perfect object of devotion. Radha is the love and Krishna is the object of love. So now you have two. But there's a unity between the two. Hmm? Loving unity, in which neither the love nor the object of love are cancelled out. Hmm? They 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 in their unity, then there is in a flowing variety of lila,
1: hmm?
0: divine play, full of diversity, hmm? and so forth. So this is uh, very different than the kind of unity proposed by Dwaitans, for example, which is still. They're thinking that the movement that results from a false sense of individuality that has me at odds with you or another and so forth, um, done away with brings peace. And there's certainly truth to that. We would be very peaceful. <coughs> shanti, shanti, shanti. But in, in Bhakti Vedanta, in devotional Vedanta, we, we see that peace, if you will, shanti, that doing away with the false individuality affords us, is only a kind of a ground, if you will on which leela can be performed, in
1: hmm? uh,
0: and, and which there can be uh, variety that doesn't compromise unity. So the union of Radha and Krishna is not like, is dynamic. It fosters diverse movement. Hmm? It is Brahman, as I've often said, who's everywhere, but moving nonetheless, how can something that's everywhere move? This is the wonder of love, the wonder of bhakti. That bhakti creates or causes, fosters, a movement of Brahman, which is play, because, I mean, you can't really, if you're everywhere, you can't really go anywhere, but you could play as such. So the leela is a play, and it has an appearance of moving from place to place and so on and so forth. And the power of bhakti of course is such that it engages Brahman in the form of Krishna. Satchit vigraha, Biggraha. A very concentrated form of Satchit Ananda. Eternity, knowledge and bliss. In in a play, to such an extent that Brahman in the form of Krishna uh, so identifies with the play that the, his identity, if you will, in leela becomes more accurately what he is than his identity outside of leela as as Brahman, all-pervading, the absolute. So forth. So it's the bringing of Brahman, if you will, to life and transcendence. And it's also a, a focus on the Ananda aspect of of Brahman. And therefore, we say in the devotional school that Brahman has its basis in Krishna. Brahmano hi Amritatbhaya. Hmm? Mm-hmm. hmm? amritasya vayasya brahmanuhi pratishtaham I am the basis of brahman amritam which is immortal ecstasy bliss I am the basis of that Hmm? that ground of being that leela is being performed on has its source in the performer of the leela So we see in the paramarthic reality, the ultimate reality, there's movement, there's differentiation, but it doesn't compromise the unity. Everyone there, all participants in the lila, all individual jivas, hmm, are all focused in love upon the perfect object of love, Krishna. And So while there's variety, the center is the same, so there's no compromise. I've given an example before. If you were to throw a stone in a pond, in a pristine and placid, calm, beautiful, peaceful pond in the forest, it would cause waves and movement, but the waves would be concentric and they would be soothing and peaceful.
1: Hmm?
0: You now, if you took another stone and threw it in another place, the waves would interact and, 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 and be at odds with one another. It would, would disturb the mind. But if you took one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and eight stones and threw them all in the exact same center, no matter how many stones you threw there, because they were all centered in the same place, the waves would be larger and concentric and, and beautiful. Hmm? So concentric waves moving out is, is, is a variety that's nonetheless uh, beautiful rather than disturbing to the mind, like a harmony in music, use my other example, is pleasing to the mind rather than disturbing to the mind, like noise. Hmm? So this is the idea. Bhakti uh, posits a dynamic unity with the Absolute. And Radha, in the context in which we're talking about, personifies the perfection of bhakti, the, highest, the fullest measure of bhakti. So her union with Krishna is a dynamic union it's not a union in which she's done away with and and krishna's done away with and the interaction is done away with no it's like if i've given an example if you and i fall in love what do we what do we call ourselves we so we is a dynamic union of you and i it's not a static union that I cancel out everything that you are and you just do whatever I do, kind of, <laughs> and there's really only one. Uh, maybe that's not the best example, but at any rate, we, <coughs> hmm, we. So a dynamic union. And then with regard to the idea of a Dueta Vedanta, in which a static, in our language, union is posited. While we acknowledge There is a transcendental and enlightened uh, reality, ideal, uh, that constitutes a union between the jiva and Brahman, the individual soul and Brahman. We don't acknowledge that the individuality of the jiva is an illusion that it's only a product of the clay pot. We acknowledge that there is a false identity that the clay pot uh, brings about, the clay pot being our identification with matter, our sense of this is mine, and so on and so forth. There is a false identity that arises from that, but doing away with the false ego involves the work of the real ego, real identity if you want to kill your false egos somebody's got to do the killing hmm. so that's the real ego consciousness itself hmm, is a unit of experiential existence different from matter that has no experience hmm. and it's individual they are individual units of consciousness. We each have unique and individual uh, experiences. Mm. And while we have an identity that's formed in the mind, so to speak, as a result of identifying with matter, Mm. that false identity, in Gaudiya Vedanta, in devotional Vedanta, we also seek to dissect and retire but when the clay pot of that identity is broken,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, we find that we're, the analogy is not uh, appropriate. Mm-hmm. We are an, an individual unit of subjective unit of a first-person experience. Mm-hmm. The false ego could not experience some semblance of matter hmm, without the real, without consciousness proper itself um, interacting with mind and matter as it does, giving shape to it and so forth so um, so when we do away with the false identity hmm, and we do that in a context of loving Bhagwan, loving God, hmm, through hearing, chanting his name, so on and so forth, and such discussions, then the false, as the false identity drops away, a positive identity, based on attachment to God, in love, Hmm. starts to form.
1: Hmm.
0: Now, short of the forming of that identity based on attachment to God. Hmm. You're an individual unit of sat, chit, and ananda. A unit of being, knowing, and loving, with a loving propensity.
1: Hmm.
0: Now we are overwhelmed by the Maya Shakti by illusion If we could remove the covering, we'd find here is a unit of being, knowing, and loving. But the loving, for example, the ananda of the jiva unto itself, has no object. So it's an objectless ananda. Whereas in bhakti, the object of love, Krishna, comes into the picture and therefore we have Ananda that has an object so this is a different kind of Ananda than the Ananda of the Jiva in a sense the Jiva's Ananda is objectless I'm a unit of Ananda but but if I repose my loving capacity in the perfect object of love by way of the perfect object of love, making that possibility available to me and extending love to me, so to speak, as Bhagwan does, um, then our capacity for, for, for bliss, for Ananda, for loving, has just uh, risen very high in the in sky of spiritual possibilities. Hmm? And this is, is the idea of bhakti, so... So, and, and of course we, we teach that really this jiva, that is a unit of Satchitananda, it's either going to be associated with Maya Shakti or associated with the Swarupa Shakti. Swarup Shakti is that which governs the lila in the paramarctic world and the transcendental uh, in transcendence. So we could talk about it having an identity as Sachirananda, independent of Maya Shakti and Swarup Shakti, but that's not a practical reality. The practical reality, that its identity is derived hmm, by association. So if it associates with matter, hmm, then uh, its capacity to be, to know, and to love appears limited. Hmm? but associates with the sarup shakti or with bhakti, that, 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 that is constitutive sarup shakti, and its capacity to be known in love is very extraordinary. Hmm. It can, in a sense, um, overwhelm Bhagwan, hmm. make him like your your friend, your lover, hmm. son, something like that. So there's such the a power of bhakti. Hmm. So we disagree that the individuality is based on is is on an illusion. We say there is an illusory I, like the Advaitins, but um, there's a real I, also, and it's f- f- formed and is all that it can be. That real I, if you will in relation to Bhagawan, and the means by which that relationship can be, uh, can come about, that is bhakti. Do you follow? So bhakti is then about a dynamic union with the absolute rather than a static union. When we enter through bhakti into a union with Bhagawan, this is very different than the union of identifying with, with Brahman to sit and peacefully and not know there's anyone else there. <laughs> Something like that. No. Uh, to enter into the lila, if you will. That's very extraordinary. The movement of the one who's everywhere to enter into the mystery of that. This is what bhakti gives us the key to. Does that help? So, a static union and a dynamic union. Which one do you like more? I
1: like harmonious music. You like the harmonious music? You like the
0: harmonious music, okay. You're in the right place
1: then. Yeah.
0: Those who enter into Brahman in a form of Shantarasa, hmm? one aspect of, one possibility hmm? in the uh, school of bhakti. Shantarasa means it's very peaceful, quiet. Uh, like the idea of the Advaitins, but different at the same time. It's um, an identity with Brahman and the Paramatma, identity between the Atma, between the Atma and the Paramatma that is contemplative, peaceful, hmm, um, but that doesn't extinguish the individual, which can't be, in our school and our it can't be extinguished anyway. So the idea of the Advaitins of a complete merger between Atma and Paramatma, which Atma has done away with and is an illusion, we think that that idea is, is an illusion. Hmm. That's not a real possibility. But there's something similar to it that's much better than it at the same time. We call that Shantarasa any merging short of that would be very undesirable from the bhakti point of view. And any merging short of that would only be a kind of an illusory sense of merging in that the constitution of the jiva, individuality, may be obscured by a sense of identification, for example, with Brahman, but in reality it's it's not lost. So, with regard to then that Shantarasa idea, Mm. and we also say, I should mention that any kind of merging with Brahman or Paramatma, according to the Bhagavad, according to the Gita, and so forth, requires some element of bhakti Mm. and disregard for bhakti altogether according to Bhagwat, arikacchena paramapadam tata patantiyadogna ditya bars one from the possibility of actually entering into transcendence even if one reaches the stage of jīvan-mukta, of a jīvan-mukta, liberated in this life, waiting for the parabdha karma, the manifest karma to play itself out. Hmm. Upon playing itself out, more karma is given. <laughs> there is no bhakti. Hmm. That's the statement of Bhagavatam. Gita says the same thing. What does it say? Mamamaya Duratya Mami Vayprapadan te mayame t. Maya my maya, Krishna says, is insurmountable. It's not possible. But by devotion it's possible. So according to the measure of our devotion, we're going to get some we're going to be afforded some measure of transcendence. And if the devotion is is only sattvic devotion, sattviki bhakti, bhakti constituted of the mode of goodness, then we can get a merger with Brahman or a merger with Paramatman, hmm? in which it will appear as if our individuality is dissolved and so forth. Hmm. There's an appearance of that. But if we go a little further, and we take the Shudha Bhakti, Bhakti that is near Bhakti that's not constituted of the Sattva Guna but is transcendental. This is Shudha Bhakti. Then we can rise up to rasa, and of course higher dasya rasa, buta, saky rasa, madurasa and so on.
1: Hmm.
0: Rasa means here. This interaction between Bhagawan and Bhakti, this dynamic union, the taste, the rasa the variety that comes from that. So, if we, to attain Shantarasa, this is a much better idea. If you want Shanti, 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 you want peace, much better idea. And those who attain Shantarasa, they don't have much interest in the qualities of Bhagavan or the leelas of Bhagavan. Hmm? they have some interest in the form of bhagavan meditating on the form of bhagavan but they they're not interested really in the lila so this is a type of transcendence and they whatever rasa one attains there's going to be some things about bhagavan and his life that you're not interested in hmm? relative to your to your interest in him hmm? some things you're not you're not going to be interested in so one attains dasya rasa, one attains Sakirasa, rasa, one attains matsalya rasa, madhuri rasa, and so forth, then they have their particulars. And they won't find particularly attractive aspects of another rasa. And some, for the sake of rasa, will be at odds with one another even. It's an appearance of such. The matsalya rasa, mother Yashoda, who loves Krishna as a son, won't, want him to want him to go to night's sleep. The gopis want him to come out in the middle of the night, stay up all night with them. And so there's some conflict between these two rasas. They're incompatible. But that is, on the, that is I want to say on the surface, but saying it's not on the surface because it enriches the lila and so forth. But, but each it's on the surface in the sense that each is really interested in loving Krishna. Hmm? Pleasing him and so forth and and, uh, of course, it's not that the Shoda doesn't want Krishna to meet with Radha. She does, but she just thinks it's not possible, given the context of the Leela, where it would be inappropriate and so forth. So these are deep, deep ideas. In the life of, of, of Brahman, the life of the Absolute, the love life of the Absolute. Very, It gets very complex, theologically complex, and refined, and nuanced, and so forth. So Brahman identification with it, and even Shantaras by comparison, are very static. Hmm? Even Shantaras would be the low end of a dynamic union, and Madhurasa would be the high end of a of a. What I say? The would be the high end of a, of a dynamic union,
1: hmm?
0: and anything short of Shantaras would that would be afforded by s- Sattviki Bhakti and other attendant practices, for example, of a jnani or a yogin would be, uh, would constitute kind of a static union, static union. Does that help? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, another question?
1: but we say there's a similar dynamic union there between Krishna Nam and Krishna Prema, because we hear from Kaviraj Goswami Nama Prema Mahalra, Danaki Paraya, Samsara that he wove, Mahabhu wove a wreath with Nama Prema, the garland
0: of the entire world. And then, Narakandasta, of course, is Goyaluk, and the family, naam the and so is there any, is it just the naam is it the to this frame, or is it some or In the Kali-Santra Upanishad it is said, iti so nam nam kalikalma-sanashanam. Mm-hmm. You know this verse? Yeah. sarva is it? iti so namnam. nam. These sixteen names. All the influence of Kali, Kali Yuga, will be removed. Sarva Vedeshu Drishite. All the Vedas say this. This is the idea. I'm missing one line, but anyway. And the sixteen means, there are actually three names, but they come in the form of sixteen. Hare, Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna, Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Ram, Hare Ram, 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 Ram Hare Hare. 16. nam nam, kali kalam, So, this is from the Shruti, the Upanishad, and it's advocating that the, the Hare Krishna, Maha Mantra, nam mantra of Hare Krishna and Ram, the an vocative, which comes Hare Krishna, Ram, this mantra is most efficacious in Kali Yuga. Hmm? This is called Taraka Brahmanam. Taraka Brahmanam. So Taraka Brahmanam, Taraka means deliverance. The name that gives, that is Brahman, is is non-different from Brahman, that gives deliverance. Hmm? So this is a common form of nam. Nam. Hmm? that gives deliverance but chaitanya mahaprabhu is giving another formula parakanam hmm? the parak paraka. paraka means like competent hmm? it's uh, it has the uh, power to conquer bhagwan hmm? it speaks of not merely nam by which one gets deliverance from the negative effects of material existence and gets liberation, Hmm? but a uh, dispensation of nam that upon taking advantage of one gets that deliverance plus positive identification with, participation in Krishna's leela, it's it's a it's, it's So it's this kind of name that comes from Goloka. Therefore, Golok Goloker Premadham, Prema Arjnam San kirtan as you quoted, Nartam says, from Goloka, this Nam is coming, and it constitutes the Premadhan, the the gift of the name, the wealth, the charity, the, the benediction of excuse me of prema. Hmm. So this nam coming from Golok gives prem. Nam coming from Vaikuntha, and Hari Krishna mantra can be chanted with that in mind. Therefore, it's 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 thought that in different Kali-yugas, Bhagawan comes and distributes nam and the Hari Krishna maha mantra.
1: Uh,
0: taking advantage of which, and chanting, one gets tara gets liberated, goes to vaikuntha to become an associate of Narayan, to have opulences like Narayan, to live on the same planet with Narayan, saloka sharsti sami pisarupya, all these types of mukti.
1: Hmm?
0: But a special thing of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's dispensation is what? Is that the name that he's chanting? is coming from Goloka, the Param not from vaikuntha From the land of of love and intimacy, rather than from the land of love in 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 awe, in reverence, reverential love. Intimate love as opposed to reverential love. Hmm? So he this is this Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is not the Yuga Avatar coming from Baikuntam through the Mahavishnu to deliver the worlds, but the time for the yuga avatar is said to correspond with the internal desire of Krishna to experience the nature of Radha's love. Hmm. And so, the person who comes is Krishna. No avatar of Krishna wants to taste Radha's love. (laughs) Hmm. Krishna does. So, Chaitanya is the form of Krishna in pursuit of Radha's experience. So taking on her sentiments, her bhava. Mm. And he's distributing, and his means of doing that is nam, Krishna nam. So his conception of the Hare Krishna mantra is different. We call it parakanam. Mm. And it particularly, in particular, also refers to samaratarati, this competent love of the gopis that's completely completely uh, Subjugates, conquers Krishna, so to speak, overwhelms him. Hmm. So, given where it's coming from, then there's reason to differentiate. Therefore, Krishna's Kavira said, "Well, he took the uh, what is it? The the, 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 the nam sand kirtan, which would n- normally be a mantra, a nam mantra for deliverance." in which many people may chant it for deliverance, for example, in South India and so forth. And he wove it together with preem. Hmm. So that by chanting this Mahamantra given from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Sampradaya, one gets preem rather than mukti. Hmm. There is a prame in Vaikuntha, hmm. but people call it mukti. <laughs> Whereas in Golok we call it brave because it, it, love, it, it's so much played out. It's not just agape or reverential love but it's the full measure of love is played out and Bhagwan becomes overwhelmed, is overwhelmed by such love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this is a, kind of we want to say like different conceptions, faiths Experiences behind the name, hmm. and that's what's shared through our uh, lineage, through our sampradaya, and so the wealth then of the name, in this instance, is prem rather than uh, mukti, hmm. albeit even devotional mukti, something that that includes that and 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 more. Hmm. Does that help? So, what else? What's the time?
1: Have
0: time for another question? Yes?
1: Just going back, I don't know this might be silly, but Radha, her only will was to love Krishna.
0: So, I'm wondering, even when she unionizes with Krishna, is there still free
1: will there, or... since there's, only, there's only one will it's love or is there a like, free will to love in her type of way or it, it's only her will to status by Krishna so it's, it wouldn't be that is her free will to love huh?
0: if you make a choice to love someone then there's many um, ways in which to express that hmm? Obviously, as Schopenhauer said, if God is omniscient, it doesn't leave much room for free will. But in Krishna we have the omniscient loses sight of his omniscience. (laughs) So there's some freedom to interact with him. To love him in the context of Leela, he has many desires to taste love. hmm? And they're played out through the different devotees. So they become instruments by which a great variety of love is played out, just like we hear in the uh, Denyokasura Leela, the Sakas, the friends of Krishna. They said, Oh those fruits in the Tal forest, they smell so good we want to go there and taste them. Hmm. They had the free will in a sense they wanted to taste them. Hmm. But if you study the language we see it, it it describes in the Sanskrit it describes that the implication of it they wanted to taste the fruits for the pleasure of Krishna. They would foster certain leelas. They become instruments by which certain leelas are played out, and so forth.
1: Hmm?
0: So, and also, I would say that with regard to loving Krishna at all, you have to agree to do it. Yes, Krishna comes after us, so to speak, and there's agata sukriti by which we get implicated in bhakti without knowing it. Without knowing it, we come in touch with the kirtan. or some effect. So without willing it, mm. he has willed that you come in touch with him. And so there you, but when in the context of that, then we have to agree to the proposal mm. and to the extent that we do, mm. that's our effort. And that combined with his grace and so forth, what constitutes our our life as as a sadhaka so there's some there's some will there we're not automatons if there was no will on the part of the jiva all the scriptural statements of you should do this and you shouldn't do that would make no have no meaning
1: mm-hmm.
0: so what we if we give up our will to be independent of krishna mm-hmm. which is folly in favor of acknowledging our actual dependence, then still in the context of that, because Krishna has many desires and so forth, and our desire is to fulfill them. We can fulfill this one, we can fulfill that one, we can be instruments for this one, instruments for that one. Do you understand? (laughs) So they wanted to taste the fruits, because they knew this will cause this pastime, Krishna will be glorified in this way, Krishna will uh, experience this taste, that taste... Mm. and that's unlimited, something like that. Free will is a thorny topic, but we have some of it. All right, as I say, it's nice to be back with you again, and tomorrow we have an outing, some of you will be going, you'll be going, Sanatana, you'll be going, Agni's going, Amriti, you're going, right? Do you want to go? <laughs> if you want to go, you can go. You can, not everybody else. <laughs> not this time. Alright. Sri All right. Sri Gaur Nathananda ki jai. Gauri Guru Parampara ki jai. Gaur Bhaktivrinda ki jai. Gaur Primananda.